of coffee i was you know when i pictured us uh doing this this early i did think that we would have coffee with us so i'm a little disappointed right now me too um how am i supposed to make it through talking about this movie without coffee i don't know this movie energized me enough maybe Mm. our hopes and dreams will keep us motivated (laughs) maybe i don't know um I'm kind of excited to be recording this early, though. I mean, early. Like, <laughs> it's not that early. I it is 6 a.m., and here we are recording this that's podcast. That's true. <laughs> we should just tell people it's 6 a.m. It's 6 a.m. We're recording super <laughs> early to make sure that we meet our deadline for you. I'm really excited to talk about this movie. Oh, boy. Welcome to Bad Movie Date Night, the podcast in which we take a serious look at bad films and genre films and hopefully give them the credit they deserve. I'm Nigel from a journey into film.com and with me is my merry wife, Caitlin. Hello. See what I did there? I, I made up for last week with the Mary. Christmas one <laughs> or two weeks ago. I don't, I don't. Who knows anymore? Everything just Time blurs is together. Irrelevant. And I just cross my fingers and hope that the, hope that things are ready or <laughs> uploaded to post. Anyways, this week we're talking about the 2012 made for TV movie, Holly's Holiday, starring. Claire Coffey, Ryan McPartland, Gabrielle Dennis, and Jeff Ward. And it was awesome. It was something. This movie uh, is also released under the title A Perfect Christmas, which is a more interesting title than what the movie is, but, you know, that's fine. Yeah, why'd they change it? I don't know. Interesting. There's probably like 40 Christmas movies called A Christmas, A Perfect Christmas or Perfection for Christmas. Right. Christmas Perfection. A Christmas, A Perfection. Two Christmas, (laughs) Two Perfection. There are too many uh, variations of that title. Yes. I am going to just say it now. Enjoyed this movie. This might be the only movie that I've actually enjoyed that we've watched this season that was not horror adjacent. Did you understand this movie? Did you understand what the characters were saying? Okay. Well, that's <laughs> one problem that I have with the movie. But I would say that the number of questions I have is less than my understanding of what happened in the movie. I don't think it was a bad movie, but I think... It could have been a lot better. This could have actually been a good movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. With, with like, some fine-tuning, some minor changes, they could have had a really decent movie on their hand. Yeah. So, let's do this. Caitlin, give us a tweet summary of the movie. This movie has everything. 
mannequins that come to life, jealous mannequins that come to life, New York City, Christmas time, busy, hard worker, New Yorker, true love, and a deadline to meet. Uh, yeah. Those are all <laughs> things that were in the movie and not very much plot. Right. That's why I just told you that this movie is everything. <laughs> this movie is essentially to continue playing our Christmas game. It's Wizard of Oz plus Christmas mm-hmm. equals Holly's Holiday. Except instead of trying to find Kansas, courage, a heart, or a brain, she is trying to find true love. love. Does she find true love in the end? Of course she does, because that's how all of these movies (laughs) have to end. I think it's legally binding for them to end (laughs) all of these movies with romance. Well, could you imagine a Christmas movie where... It ends in a disaster. The husband leaves the wife and the kids on Christmas Day. That doesn't sound like a Christmas movie I well, want to be a part no, of. No, not that. But like, what if two people had an encounter with each other over the holidays and then they had to go home to their separate ways, but they became better people because of their relationship? I guess. We need we need once plus Christmas <laughs> equals a Christmas no, movie. No, because that's kind of sad. <laughs> Once is sad. You think it's sad. I think it's sad. I cry. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Caitlin, did you like anything about this movie? I feel like we're on different pages. No, again. I I did like the mannequins, and I really liked that like part of the storyline. Basically, once... Um, I can't even think of his name. In Bo. the movie, Bo, how did I forget? <laughs> as soon as Bo came to life, I it enjoyed this movie much more. Yeah. I, I have a lot of thoughts about the mannequin thing, but I just, I did want to remind you, there is a movie called Mannequin in which a man right. builds a mannequin that he falls in love with and then the mannequin comes to life. Basically, same movie. So this movie is really just mannequin plus Christmas equals Holly's Holiday. It's it's mannequin plus Wizard of Oz plus Christmas equals Holly's Holiday. <laughs> so okay, so I know that this movie was kind of gimmick. Every every Christmas movie they gotta have their gimmick, right? And really, they're not all that different. They think I feel like whoever's coming up with these either thinks that they're really clever or really lazy, and they think. Oh, it's it's a businesswoman and she got to fall in love. Like like I feel like they have like a Mad Lib board and it starts with businesswoman <laughs> blank or businesswoman who can't find love. Big city, small city. Yeah, big city. <laughs> they have like uh, a bunch of words that they just kind of throw at a chart. Mm-hmm. So uh, I forget where I was going with that. This movie kind of reminds me of Faith Based, uh, the Faith Based movie faith-based movie because... The, for clarification, the movie is called Faith-Based. Right. It is about faith-based movies, but it's funny. Yeah. It reminds me of when they have that meeting with the business exec 
for the faith-based movies where they're basically just like, we don't care what movie you make. Just put these buzzwords in it and we'll give you money to make it. <laughs> Are you ready to poop your pants? What? This movie is directed by the director of the Lizzie McGuire movie. I knew it had to be connected in some way. Some way. Well, now I need to know if that guy it's was. It's not. I already looked. <laughs> you already looked? Yeah. Marcos isn't the guy from the Lizzie McGuire He's movie. not Paolo. Uh, and Daryl is just some guy from Conan. Okay. That's interesting. I think that's hilarious. That is pretty funny. Uh, so that being said, I think that this movie actually utilized its gimmick fairly well. Like, it didn't feel... I mean, when you look at the movie as a whole, it lo- it feels like a paint-by-the-numbers Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it did it better than most other movies do in that I actually cared a little bit. Cared about what? Um, Cared in the way that I liked the characters. Okay. Because most, most of this, so like naughty, or not, naughty and nice. Mm-hmm. I watched that movie. I was like, I'm just watching characters in a movie that are getting into some weird brother-sister romance. Right. But in this one, I said, oh, I kind of relate to Milo in a sort of way. And like, I kind of like the conflict was very quickly set up. They stuck with it. And then they introduced all the other layers to it. And I thought that they did, uh, you know, a decent job. You relate to Milo? You trying to hook up with some business exec? No, I'm not trying to hook <laughs> up with some business exec. But, you know, you and I are so cynical that when people are like, oh, I want I want the Hallmark movie Christmas. And, and we just roll our eyes at it. And we're right. like, no, real life has a bit of grunge to it. We should do that. Yeah. Right. And so I said, oh, okay. For once, there's a character in these movies that I understand what they want. <laughs> they actually act the way that they should. And I feel like they were a well-fleshed-out character. And it's not like he was a, a Scrooge about Christmas either. No, and that's the, th- that's the thing. is I, I also really enjoyed that no one hated Christmas in this movie. Right. They just had different expectations for what Christmas should be. Right. Which is a lot like that Christmas Perfection movie that you really like. Right. Which is a good movie. Yeah, you're gonna make me watch it this year. I don't know. We'll see if we have time. <sighs> we have too many movies to watch. Mm-hmm. So, what else did you like about the movie? I really only liked Bo and the other mannequin that came to life, and kind of that s- story plot until she woke up. Then I didn't like the part. I didn't like the part before she fell asleep or after she woke up. Saying <laughs> before she fell asleep is I, kind I of an understatement. To spoil it. <laughs> she slips and cracks her head yeah. and gets a concussion, and then uh, <laughs> like spoiler alert! Yeah, spoiler alert! Uh, the whole movie is a dream. Yes, that she has while in the hospital sleeping for several days Mm -hmm. and they're like oh yeah you're sleeping i feel like at that point that's a coma right but i am not a (laughs) medical professional so i don't right i don't think she probably had to be on a feeding tube yeah that's a great that you know people you you go without food for one day in the hospital and you look terrible right she woke up she looked fine 
Makeup's right. all nice. Right. She has no like bandages on her head. Nope. Like, I mean, great. I'm glad that she fell backwards and cracked her head on the sidewalk and only got a light concussion. Light concussion. Yeah, but the middle part was good. I liked the middle part. <laughs> yeah, but the beginning part and the ending part are the two parts that I don't have questions about. Actually, what? that's not actually that's not true. The beginning part I only have questions about the beginning part. I have a lot of issues with the middle part. So the the ending is fairly typical. Like, oh, they solve their problems, they win the big ad campaign, and they literally just walk off into the night. I do have one With question about. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, she was <laughs> so. This woman had a vendetta against carolers, <laughs> and I feel like that's a movie that we should also explore. Yeah. I also have a question about the ending, but we'll. I want to try to save that if I can remember. Okay. Until we talk about the mannequin of the situation. Mm. But let's talk about the beginning of the movie. Okay. When I will try. When this movie started, I did not think I would like it. Same. Because so many people were saying things and I felt like I was watching something in a different language. Yes, I my, did too. My brain said English. I'm listening to English. <laughs> but they were saying words that were beyond comprehension. Right. The one of the characters, Dina, played by uh, Gabrielle Dennis. She it was like she was having one conversation, mm-hmm. and uh, Holly Claire Coffee. It was like she was having a whole different conversation. Right. I had no idea what either of them were saying. I felt I literally thought I was going crazy. I'm like, am I having a stroke right now? Why are these words not making sense? Yeah, uh, were they talking about relationships or going to the club or work? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe all three in the same thing. Perhaps. It took us how long to figure out that the name of the club was called Oove? Oove. Which, like, I don't know if that's, like, a joke or if that's, like, if they're, like, oh, we're going to make fun of pretentious clubs that, like, weird extroverts go to. Or are we going to just, like... Is there an actual club out there called Oove? Like, do they name clubs based on sounds? Maybe you have to be a New Yorker to understand the beginning part of the movie. Maybe. This movie, Doug, well, actually, I feel like this movie could have literally taken place in any city in the world. Yes. And Except uh, where do you have ad campaigns at? Only in New York. Well, I mean, I guess only... Advertisers only work in New York. Yeah. It's like Mad Men. Right. It's the 1950s. Yeah. So the movie did not do the best job of setting up the female characters, I'll say. Cause no, because Mil- I couldn't understand them. Right. But like when Milo showed up, I was like, oh, okay, cool. I get this guy. Yeah. Like he's the, he's the counterculture guy. He's the rebel on the team. He's the new guy. Um, the weird relationship with the assistant and the other guy in the office. I got that already. Yes. I mean, that was like your typical, not typical, obligatory side character romance. Yeah. Which I enjoyed. Yeah, that was cute. I'm not afraid to say it. 
It was cute. I was kind of actually of the the whole dream thing. I was kind of most disappointed that their uh, that their relationship wasn't an actual thing the whole time. I know, but I think she was setting them up at the end there. So yeah, yeah I think I mean, they end up together. We knew from the beginning that they kind of had a thing for each other, right. or at least Meg had a thing for that guy, right? Which like that was the thing that I I. I kind of, I wouldn't say that I enjoyed it, but I think they did a good job of like s- establishing, uh, establishing relationships and important things that Holly would flesh out during her dream and then like pick up after the dream where it didn't seem unrealistic. Yeah, absolutely. I, I except do for agree Kyle? Question mark. That was one well, of the many questions I have about the dream. Yeah, I don't know how she like knew Kyle, but I I do think, you know, she didn't like Marcos. Yeah, well, I mean, who who looks at Marcos and says, "This is a stand-up guy?" Nobody. Yeah. Nobody. And I'm also very confused, and this is probably because we didn't understand anything that they were saying, but it seemed like Dina was trying to set Holly up with Marcos. I <laughs> I don't understand. But then the Marcos was flirting with another girl. But then Dina said, Marcos is my man. I'd but then she wasn't mad that he was flirting. <laughs> and then she was surprised when he cheated on her. I don't. I. The whole. Be- I don't. It was like they were just talking in Dolphin the whole time. <laughs> That's a joke from the movie. <laughs> I actually one of the few jokes that I <laughs> kind of appreciated. <laughs> I was literally like. I I I can't I can't, I feel like everyone needs to watch this movie because I want to know do other people understand it? Do the words make sense to other people cuz I literally felt like I was going crazy. Like I almost felt like I need to put up subtitles and also have Urban Dictionary opened on my phone to be like, okay, what does that word mean? What does that word mean? You know who we should ask? We should ask Daniel and Danielle to watch this yeah. movie cuz they like these movies. Right. And uh maybe they'll uh understand. Maybe. And then maybe we should ask like our siblings to watch it who are younger than us and might know the terms of today. Yeah, Not uh, even the terms of today. I don't know. The terms of 2012, which wasn't, I mean, I wasn't, I should have known, I guess. Yeah, but like we're, we weren't big wig ad executives in New York <laughs> during 2012. We were just... <laughs> living our life. Yeah, we were just living our life in good old... Oh, we were in Virginia still. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were very removed from that whole situation. <laughs> so maybe our siblings know what these words mean. Yeah. We should definitely ask everyone we know to watch it. Mm-hmm. Uh, even our audience. Go out and watch this movie. And if you then tell seen it us right. what they're saying at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Yeah, that's... Uh, anyways. So that's that's pretty much the only question that I really have from the beginning of the movie. Is what were they saying? Yeah, yeah, Kind of an essential piece to the movie, I would say. Except I understood the whole movie without (laughs) understanding that particular scene. True. No, not just the scene. There were several scenes at the beginning. I was like, what are the words being said right now? Like, what else? Um, There was anything at the club. Anything with Dina and Holly. Oh, yeah, yeah. The club was weird until Milo showed up. Um... 
But I blame miss. I blame not understanding the club on the previous scene when they were talking about going to the club. Why she ran through carol- carolers? That's another question. So this movie, the very first shot of this movie, after the mannequins, is. Uh, I really hope that we're doing a good job building up the mannequins part because we keep touching on it but not talking about <laughs> it. Audience, I hope you are... On the edge of your seat. Yes, I hope we are doing a great job of building anticipation talking about the mannequins. After the opening credits with the mannequins, the very first thing we see is Holly go purposefully walk through a group of carolers Mm -hmm. to get into her office building Mm -hmm. when there's very clearly room around them. Yes, she did not need to run through them. No. But then that ends up being her downfall because pushing through them later in the movie is what causes her to fall and crack her head. Right, so maybe we shouldn't push through people. Maybe that's the moral of this whole movie. Maybe we should just not be jerks to carolers. Maybe. That's the moral of the story. Carolers going to carol. So, you know, just... Stay out of their way. Yeah, go around. I'm kind of surprised that at the end, when you saw the carolers, she didn't, she didn't say... I know. She didn't say, Milo, let's run through these people. Right. There's a completely empty street, and we're both on opposite sides, but I have to. <laughs> and then he's like, well, this is a red flag. Right, as it should be. Yeah. All right, this is a good transition. So she pushes through the carolers. Mm-hmm. She falls and cracks her head, mm-hmm. and what proceeds to follow is the rest of the movie is a dream sequence, similar to The Wizard of Oz. Right. Although, in this case, there are no uh, munchkins. There is no wicked witch. There are just mannequins that come to life. Yes, you heard him right. Mannequins that come to life. And my favorite part about this is... is Maybe maybe the movie did it too much, but I really like that she never realizes that he's a mannequin that came yeah, to life. But it was her dream, so that was so she did question mark. Right. <laughs> and that's one of the questions I have about that that I'll get in a second. They do the the one thing that the movie does a really good job of uh, uh so the mannequin Bo played by uh Ryan McPartland. Also in Chuck. I think I the odds will there. watch this movie because they like Chuck. Yeah, that's true. Uh, AKA Captain Awesome. Mm-hmm. He is a... At first I thought he was going to be the only bright spot of this movie. But he wasn't. The movie itself was a bright spot. I really enjoyed this movie. Okay. I am slightly embarrassed because of how much I feel like you didn't enjoy this movie. <laughs> They have several bits of dialogue throughout the entire movie where it's very clear that he's the mannequin. If you didn't already understand that from the missing mannequin in the shop window. And I thought that was really clever because she is oblivious to it. Yeah. And the reason she has this dream, she thinks that she needs to find Mr. Perfect. Like any other Christmas movie. And... She finds Mr. Perfect via a mannequin because Dina makes a comment before she cracks her head open that the only way she will is if she, if the mannequin came to life. Right. So maybe she knew it was a mannequin, but maybe. I don't think she did. 
Unclear. I feel like if I had a dream and I knew that it was a mannequin that came to life, that would be the first thing I say after I realize that I'm in the hospital. <laughs> yes. I would say, Caitlin, I had the weirdest dream. <laughs> I dreamt that a mannequin came to life and wanted me to fall in love with it. Yes. That would be the Cliff Notes version of that. <laughs> the questions that I have about the middle, though, are, well, one, I would like to know for certain if she knew that it was a mannequin. That would be a good answer to have. I mean, it doesn't change the movie, but it's just kind of a question that I have. Right. And I'm going to lean towards she did not. I would say that's fair. I feel like I feel like the movie provided enough evidence that she did not know. But the thing that I thought was weird about it is in the middle section, they have scenes of Dina talking to Milo in which Holly is not present. Right, but you could not be present in a dream. Right, but most of the time in a dream, you're either watching things happening to yourself or you're experiencing them firsthand. You're always there in some way shape or form so like why was she dreaming about dina talking to milo about her it's a little narcissistic i have dreams where you're doing things and i'm not there but you're experiencing them like i watch you do it in my dream i'm not there yeah i guess what i'm trying to say is her dream makes sense to me I guess what I'm trying to say is, from film logic, they should not have left Holly out of any scenes. Right. Because she is the main character, and she's the one experiencing the dream, so she should be present all the time. Like, you never... Do you leave Dorothy in Wizard of Oz? Because I was going to say, I feel like you followed Dorothy the whole time, but now I feel like I remember a scene with the witches talking to the monkeys and Dorothy wasn't there. Or like the witch doing stuff. So maybe I'm wrong. I feel like this might be a situation in which I'm very wrong. I think you are. Because I do remember a scene where the witch is, is using her crystal ball to look at Dorothy. But Dorothy's unaware. Yeah. So I think I think you just have weird dreams. Yeah, I guess it just didn't make sense to me if she was if it was her dream, but I guess it's possible. I think it's possible. Not the biggest plot failure of this movie. Uh, what would you say is the biggest plot failure of the movie? The dialogue, the dialogue, the dialogue. In the beginning? Yes. Oh. I'm still very upset about it. Yeah, you're I really don't hung like up on that. Because, because I don't like to watch a movie in which I don't know what people are saying. That's not why I watch movies. I need to know what people are saying. Yeah, but I we knew felt what like was I was in a different planet. Yeah, but we figured out what was going on after a couple minutes. <laughs> it's not like we walked away from the movie and said, wow, that was a really great two-thirds of a movie after the first 40 minutes. That's how I felt. Oh, okay. <laughs> we are on different pages. I did not like the beginning of this movie at all. Honestly, it could have started with her just falling and hitting her head for all I care. Well, I mean, you got to set up why she's dreaming about what she's dreaming. I literally don't At the care. beginning, <laughs> the whole, like, I need Mr. Perfect. So, like, that, 
Well, I get even the dialogue outside of the department store when they were talking about the mannequin was Didn't a little make sense. weird. Exactly. The whole beginning part of the movie. And then, like, I was confused about time in this movie. Like, she just got to work, but then they left for lunch. And then I was like, that doesn't make sense. It was just... Yeah, just I felt like a whirlwind of things were happening. And I was just like, whoa, everyone needs to calm down. I did not feel like the, the time issue was as egregious in this one as it was in Naughty and Nice. Agreed. Agreed. At least I knew when it was day and when it was night in this movie. <laughs> this is absolutely true. And uh, the only thing that I wish is like we had known when... Uh, how close we were getting to her deadline for Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I had no idea what when we started. Like, did we start close to Christmas Eve? Yeah, like, was it December 1st right. at the beginning of the movie? You know, the movie did a really good job with time. Mm-hmm. Rare exports. Mm-hmm. Boom. Big old calendar right in right <laughs> I knew at the beginning exactly of the scene. Exactly where I was going. Exactly. And they told you how many days were until Christmas, so you mm-hmm. didn't have to do that math yourself. Mm-mm. Actually, I don't even think they told you the date. I think it was just a countdown just a to countdown. Christmas, mm-hmm. which uh, it was great. That's what all Christmas movies need countdown to Christmas. They should just leave it in the corner of the screen the whole time. Yeah. You know what other movie has a countdown to Christmas? That's great. The Grinch. Kind of. I mean, yes, they do. But I was talking about like more prominent, which was Krampus. Yeah, because they actually true. they have the little advent calendar, you know. Oh, and um, oh wait, you know, Rare Exports double does it. They have the advent calendar and the countdown. Yeah, but the I feel like the uh, the advent calendar was more of like a visual rep like. It was visually symbolic. Yeah, but I I still think they double did it. They that movie they doubled great. on did it. You know what else? Other movie has Christmas countdowns. What Christmas Vacation? Yeah, yeah, they do. You're not, right. I mean, not as important for that one as it no. is for the other ones that we mentioned. But it's a it's a fun little thing. Yeah. So, dear Christmas producers, All producers Christmas of Christmas <laughs> <laughs> producers of Christmas movies, please include. Christmas countdowns because we need to know when Pepper is where he's at and what day <laughs> it is. And actually, if you could just include a clock in the <laughs> bottom corner so that we know what time of day it is when he's fallen in love with Haley Duff, <laughs> that would be wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> so the the whole thing with the mannequin is like he is all about perfection. Mm-hmm. In one scene, Holly drops a wine glass and it shatters and he starts having a panic attack. And then she says, oh, I'll clean it up with my napkin. And he's like, oh, no, it's some name brand napkin. Like, you can't use that to clean it up. And he, like, loses his mind over it. But then he doesn't do that at later points in the movie. Like when his tree is destroyed by... His ex Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... You might be listening to this and you might be thinking, oh, it's about a girl who dreams that a mannequin comes to life. No, this mannequin has a backstory. This mannequin has a whole backstory. He has parents. The parents come to life. Which, that was mind-boggling. Where, I have a lot of questions about... Where did these parents come from? That, yeah. How did they know to come to life? Is if it... Like, does everyone come to life that knows that mannequin? Were there just mannequins roaming the city? Was this a Doctor Who episode? 
I don't know, but I like to imagine. The first episode of Doctor Who with Christopher Eccleston. Good episode. Oh, yeah. I, I completely forgot about that. That was a rough episode. Um, No, it was great. It's only great after you get into the that's, show. That's true. I thought it, the first episode was weird when I first watched it. Yeah. Now I love it. Yeah. And then he has the girlfriend. I like to imagine that one time a year, mannequins are allowed to come <laughs> to life. And if they can convince a real person to marry them, they, they can bring the person back to... they. That person be- goes back and becomes a, a mannequin. And or, then they live perfect lives forever. Or, to put a horror spin on this, the mannequins come to life they have to convince a real life person to come back and become a mannequin with them and then they get to go be a human in the real world and that person oh, stuck snap. to be a mannequin yeah this Boom. movie maybe the reason that we enjoyed this movie so much was because it was basically one step away from being a horror movie the yes, whole time for sure like all you needed was just like one music cue change mm-hmm. maybe yeah cuz like the like uh Captain Awesome, he smiles way too much. Mm-hmm. A scary amount of smiling. Yes. It's unsettling. Yes. And that's exactly how I imagine a mannequin would act mm-hmm. if they came to life. Exactly. The parents, perfect. The mm-hmm. the girlfriend, though, she, she was just kind of like scary ex-girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like she needed a little bit of a change to be in the horror movie, but I mean, really, it really just was one beat away from a horror movie. What if, what if Brandy, Brandy's the name of the, uh, the ex-girlfriend. She was played by, uh, Megan Stevenson, who is known for the, uh, Get Shorty TV show adaptation. Okay. What? (laughs) Interesting name. Get Shorty. Mm-hmm. It's a great movie. Really? Oh yeah. I and the you would like the TV show because it's got uh, Ray Romano and Chris O'Dowd in it. Oh, I love Dude. Ray Romano. And uh, somebody else is in it too, but I can't remember. Um, but we're not talking about Get Shorty right now. <laughs> we are talking about Holly's Holiday. What if in our horror version of this movie? Brandy is a previous person who became a mannequin and she wants to stay with Bo. And that's why she's trying to kill uh, Holly. That's a good plot. And Bo's like, I'm Brandy's psycho. Right. She is imperfect. (laughs) That's his whole thing. He's so obsessed with perfect. He's like, Holly, you want a perfect life? I can give you a perfect life. Brandy is imperfect. Like what if like what if her uh, they lost like her mannequin hand or something, <laughs> like a Bob's Burgers situation, and like he's like she's he's like she can't she can't show off gloves anymore. <laughs> this is actually I feel like this is turning into a horror comedy, a but horror like, comedy. but like that seems like that could be very creepy. Yeah, I still think you turn into a real person. You have to convince someone to come back to you to be a mannequin, and then you get to go be a real person. So it's Bo and Brandy both fighting over over Holly to become um, to replace one of them. Yep. That would be 
wild. Yeah. And then they both fall in love with her along the way. And they're fight they start fighting with each other because they want to be with her as there we mannequins. Go. There we go. I don't know. I feel like I feel like we got a lot of good ideas for this I that think we're so. just uh spitballing. I'm thinking Holly's holiday too. The mannequin's return. revenge. <laughs> I was gonna say the return of the mannequins, but yeah, mannequins revenge. Or uh Brandy's revenge. <laughs> yeah. It'll focus on Brandy, but then plot twist bows in on it. Whoa. Yeah. All right. We're making this movie. Get all the actors. I will send them Contact emails. Contact their agents. Post haste. <laughs> uh, the movie ends in like your typical sort of way. Mm-hmm. Uh, surprise. She decides that she doesn't want her perfect ad campaign. Or her perfect life. Or her perfect life. Because, like, so he, I feel like we got to explain the middle part a little bit more. Bo comes to life and basically gives her everything perfect that she thinks that she wants. So he, you know, takes her out to a fancy restaurant and brings her flowers. But then he starts being, like, controlling where he cancels her photo shoot so that he could have the perfect photographer do it with the perfect models and the perfect location, you know, which is his apartment, which is his apartment. He's got a weird thing with his apartment. Yeah. He brings his parents to her house on like their second date and moves her furniture, moves her furniture, rearranges her books, has her parents, his parents cook in her kitchen. Um, Starts talking about having, having three kids and a Labrador. Right. And he like wants this perfect life with her. And she starts to realize, hey, maybe I don't need a perfect life with the perfect guy. Yeah. She basically, her dream basically. Turns to a nightmare. It, it, it is. This, this movie is more accurately described as a nightmare instead of a dream. Like, it's genuinely scary. Man, we could redo this trailer where it's like, Holly's holiday, all she ever wanted was perfect love. And then it shows, like, the scenes of them. But little did she know it would come at a cost. And then he's, like, moving her furniture around and rearranging her books. And she, like, talks about how she has, like, her shoes turned red from the blood in her feet from stubbing her toe on the couch. I need to make this trailer. <laughs> I would be surprised if there wasn't somebody on YouTube who already cut this into a horror movie. They didn't. I promise you that. Okay. I think you should do it and then post on Instagram. I'll see what I can do. All right. You and Clayton work on that. Okay. All right. I feel like you two could really make this movie happen. If you don't message Clayton about this, I will get his phone number and message him. Okay. All I right. will see what I can do. Okay, good. <laughs> one of the things that I thought was hol- so funny about the mannequins was the ma- the brandy mannequin, the ex girlfriend. Mm-hmm. They keep they keep cutting to images of her because Hilarious. their department store is across the street from Bo's house. Uh huh. She must not have known that he was a mannequin because how else would she explain how he got a house or parents or stuff? But then why would she dream that they were acting like mannequins? I right, that's what I so maybe she does know he's a mannequin. 
I don't know. I maybe I should write a letter to the writers. Did Holly know Bo was a mannequin? But they keep cutting to to these shots of Brandy, and the mannequin is moving, not like uh, moving a la uh, like the Weeping Angels in Doctor Who, where it moves when you're not looking at it. Right. So, like, it shows her, and she's doing her normal winter wear modeling. Mm-hmm. And then it cuts away and then it comes back to her and she's got her head tilted and she's like, <laughs> you can tell she's like, what uh-huh. is this girl doing to my man? Yes. She has that, that face that girls make when they're like, excuse me. Yeah. I, mannequins are fairly lifeless entities, mm-hmm. but, uh, this one had crazy eyes. Oh, for sure. They definitely made this mannequin have crazy eyes. And I feel like this movie did not have the budget to make their own mannequin. So good job on making this mannequin look like it has crazy eyes. Yes. That's all I have to say about that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, Brandy was a little psycho. Yeah. She tried to get Holly fired from her job. This movie did not need Brandy in it. No, I liked it. (laughs) I mean, I appreciate the inclusion but yeah, she didn't. It didn't need it. Brandy's not the reason that the photo shoot was a disaster, right? And, and Brandy's not the reason that they broke up. Yeah, she just kind of. They could have done more with Brandy. Yeah. And that's all I have to say about. That. Oh, actually, I did want to just say it was really funny watching her destroy the tree, and watching the ornaments bounce across the floor, but then the like sh- hearing them shatter. Uh, yeah. So. Good job, editors or sound people. <laughs> weird. And uh, turns out her true love was Milo the whole time. Oh, we should probably talk about Milo. Milo is her like, I don't even really know. They were both assigned to do. Oh, this killed me. They were both assigned to do an ad campaign, a rush job that had to be done by Christmas Eve surprise but we don't really know how rushed it was because we don't know when christmas eve was correct my assumption was that we were at least one to two weeks into december when the movie started sure right your guess (laughs) is as good as mine right but their boss livingston which actually he's had a very interesting career he's in a lot of little things he's in a lot of little things he was in chapter 27 where he played john lennon he was in mad men he was in Mad Men. He was in Titanic. That's weird. And something else that I'm forgetting. But I just thought that was funny and interesting. Actually, compared to other movies that we've done, a lot of people in here have done things that weren't exclusively Christmas movies. Was he ever not on his phone? Livingston? Yeah. I yeah, feel like every like Sometimes he passed her in the hallway. Oh, yeah. He would talk. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. And when he told gave them the assignment, he wasn't on his phone. Yeah. I don't know. I guess I just remember seeing him on his phone a lot. He, uh, he basically gives Holly and Milo this ad campaign because he knows that they don't have significant others. He's like, yeah. you guys are lonely around the holidays. You can work overtime for right. me. Oh, by the right. way, I need this by Christmas Eve. And they say, that's not fair. And then they say, oh, yeah, we're workaholics and we're destined to be in love with each other. 
I liked it in her dream that she won the award for most hours worked overtime. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> but like, who else would she have given that? I mean, they did a good job of setting up that like no one else works as much as she does. Right. I just thought it was funny that like even her own dream, she's like, yeah, I'd win that award. I work all the time. Now, we know that they were having a door decorating contest. Do you think that they were having a most hours worked contest <laughs> Apparently. also? <laughs> Apparently, this, they give out superlatives at Christmas for random things. Yeah. Um, so, okay, that's a weird thing that she dreamed about, giving herself a war- an award. But then she also continued to dream about stale food in the break room. Yeah. <laughs> that's also weird. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, she wasn't there. It's not like she was eating the stale food. She was dreaming about other people eating stale food in the break room. Right. Apart from the mannequin part with the mannequins coming to life, which I I do while we're talking about funny things, anytime the mannequins demonstrated their uh, modeling, favorite. Loved it. They Mm -hmm. did. Everybody did a great job. They looked just like mannequins. When the mom and dad do it and they never switch poses. <laughs> that was hilarious. Excellent. Hilarious. Apart from the mannequins coming to life in her dream, she I would say that she had a fairly normal dream about real life. Yes. Very she normal. did a good job of constructing a realistic world mm-hmm. within her dream. Did you have anything else that you want to add before we jump into our next segment? Well, overall, I think pretty good movie. Middle is good. Ending, not so good. Beginning, not so good. I would say the ending was fine because what else did we expect to happen? Right. The The beginning was the struggle bussing. Yes. All right. Let's hop over to your dating corner since we're (laughs) taking a lot of time on this one to talk about it. Okay, I'm going to go on a rant, I feel Oh, like. boy. Everyone buckle up. We're going on a rant ride, okay? I think this movie really... Okay. Oh, no, Nigel. I'm getting all my rant energy up. Okay, I'm just going to go for it. Oh, my gosh. I don't <laughs> like where this is going. Okay, this movie, I think, has a good point of people who are obsessed with finding the perfect spouse or the perfect boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever. And I don't think that that is real life. I mean, I think this movie, again, shows that it's not real life, yet there's still so many people out there who are obsessed with finding someone who is perfect, who will just like whisk them away to Vermont for the new year that also got creepy yeah i feel like that was if this was our horror movie that would be where he killed her right right so or like what if vermont was a metaphor for going back into the like what if they had to be back inside the display by new year's eve at midnight yeah yeah and like wherever they were they turned back into a mannequin and he was like, oh, we're doing a, a Vermont theme. So, like, I'll just tell her we're going to Vermont. <laughs> hey, sorry to derail that. <laughs> or, like, they get her, they, like, he traps her in one of the, like, the glass windows displays. 
And yeah. she's like stuck in there at midnight and she's like, or like, you know, 1159. She's like banging, trying to get out. But then she just like freezes into a mannequin because she can't get out. Yeah. Whoever's in the display case yeah. at midnight turns into the mannequin. Yeah. Unless you are the um, mannequin, then you turn into the mannequin wherever you are. Right. There's no Man. transference energy. That's uh, wild. To piggyback on what you're saying, I think that's why I appreciated Milo because he so explicitly brought attention to how stupid it is to seek perfection in relationships and Christmas time. Yes, but specifically relationships and how that's just not real life. Like, guess what? You're going to have to make compromises in a relationship. The other person's going to do and things that you don't love all the time. That's just called life and being like, unless you want to marry yourself, you're going to have to compromise. You're going to have to deal with another person's flaws unless you want to live alone forever. Right. I mean, these movies are basically a more emotional pornography. Right. And it's giving unrealistic expectations of this is the way, not this movie, but movies in general that do this. This is the way love ought to be. Yeah. Because even within the, oh, I realize that my standards are too high or I'm finding love in unexpected places, it's still picturesque. Right. As in Naughty and Nice when he uses the cards to from Merry Christmas to spell Marry Me. Right. And somehow produces a ring out of thin air. Well, and that's what I feel like I think the ending could have been better because if that really was the point of this movie, then we should have seen their Holly and Milo's relationship not be perfect afterwards and her being okay with that. Like maybe, you know, they're walking down the street and she drops her ice cream and he doesn't, you know, freak out or whatever. Or like, I don't know, just something where... Or she runs through a group of carolers. (laughs) And he's like, oh, I guess I'm going to have to deal with that weird thing. No, that might be a red flag that you want to get out of that relationship. But I just feel like if that was really the point of this movie, that you can't have the perfect relationship, then you shouldn't set up Holly and him having the perfect relationship at the end of the movie. Going to throw out out a a possibility here. Not saying that this movie is perfect by any regard, Mm -hmm. ironically. Granted, she only had a tiny, teeny tiny concussion. Right. But I feel like seeing someone in the hospital and going through something like that with them, especially if they're in a coma in all actuality, I mean, that is a little bit of imperfection. And the fact that she... Well, I mean, she's going to have to tell him that she tried to run through those carolers <laughs> and that's why she slipped and fell and cracked her head. So, I mean, you you could make the argument that it's kind of there, but I I get what you're saying. The like I feel like she needed a change. Like sh- we need to see her accept something about him. She accepted that like I he think, was right no, and she see, was wrong. I think this would have been a better ending. Instead of her waking up and being like, no, I don't want this perfect ad campaign. He should have been like, well, good, because I did it my way. And this is the picture I chose. And she goes, that's perfect. Boom. Because then she's again, she wakes up and she just starts controlling things again. She didn't learn anything. She just starts controlling what picture she wants. Instead of now it being the perfect picture, she wants a different picture that he took. And it's like, it should have just been he chose the picture 
And she loved it. Or she learned to compromise by getting rid of her original idea for the campaign and trying to make up for it by doing his. Right. That's what she did, though. No, because she she woke up and she said, I don't want the perfect picture anymore. You guys did all that work doing what I asked you to do and taking the perfect picture. Right, but because I want she this. learned that she was wrong through her dream. I still think it would have been better if he chose it. I think she needed to make a sacrifice and stop being so controlling. See, I saw her picking that picture as her making the sacrifice. I saw it as still her still be, controlling. She's still going to be a type A person. But she just recognized that she was wrong. I I I think it would have been better if he chose the picture because she the all along in the beginning of the movie she doesn't trust him. She says she's better at him at the job. She says she knows what she's doing. And I think him choosing his own picture and her being okay with that is a better compromise. Yeah. But arguably they didn't really have the time to do that because it was due and like the next day. I know, but he could have just used the picture that she used and said, this is what I went with. The one that they used at the end? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if he had picked that out himself, mm-hmm. uh, I feel like that would have been a little bit better. Yeah, like even if, okay, even if they wake up and she's like, I don't want these anymore, and they're looking through his pictures, and he goes, Holly, what about this one? And he does it, and she goes, it's perfect. Like, I think yeah. that would be good. Just some type of like, she doesn't have to be in control of everything all the time. I don't feel like, and I, I get it. I'm a type A personality too, so I'm very much like that. But at the same time, if you're in a relationship, you have to know that you can't be in control of everything all the time. Yeah. I'm not disagreeing with you, but I also... Like you are. No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, like, the no movie is perfect. Again, ironically. <sighs> uh. But I don't think that the movie was a total failure in her compromising at the end. Could they have done a little bit more to show it in a more realistic way? Yes. But I think you could make arguments on both sides about her behavior at the end. I think it could have been a little bit grander to really highlight the point of if this movie is trying to say something. Yeah, but listen, with commercials, you got to cut this down to a crisp <laughs> 120. Then we could have gotten rid of most of the beginning. <laughs> yeah, the, the I feel like the beginning could have been tightened up a little bit. But yeah. like most of these movies, they're like, oh, we're in love, bye. Right. And I mean, it's it's not great. No. So. How did we not talk about the best part of this whole movie? The Viewmaster. Oh, yeah. Okay, so this guy, this movie, solved a problem that Kayla and I have had for quite a bit. Actually, like a month and a week or so. <laughs> uh, he, Milo, takes Holly's old ad campaign work and turns it into a Viewmaster for her. Which is... Adorable. Adorable. Yes. And we said, can you really do that? And you can... And we're going to do that with some old pictures of us. I think that is so cool. I think that's the neatest thing in the entire world. 10 out of 10. This movie was worth it because of that. I mean, this movie was worth it because it was entertaining, but also because we got that out of it. That's the number one takeaway from this movie is Viewmasters exist. So cool. 
And that's all I have to say about this movie. Do you have any final thoughts? I think this movie does. I mean, I think all Christmas movies kind of get too much attention, but I think this is one of the better ones you'll watch if you really like watching Christmas movies, uh, romantic comedy Christmas movies in particular. I think this one is one one of the better ones. Yeah, I would agree. Probably one of my favorite ones that we've watched on the podcast so far. Mm-hmm. You can have Christmas Perfection. I can have Holly's Holiday. Okay. Next week, we are talking about a Christmas movie Christmas. I am so excited. It could either be fantastic or it can be awful. There will be no middle ground with that movie. All right. And that will wrap up our holiday season, I think. Which is really weird to think about because we're recording this and we're barely a week into Christmas. I know. I need I to double check going. that calendar. Keep going. Keep it going. Yes. Anything else you want to say? No. I think go by a Viewmaster. Is this going on our top 10? No. No, it is not. Do you think this movie deserves more credit than it gets? Um. Well, yeah, I think it's a, one of the better Christmas movies you should watch. Yeah, I agree. More people should see this one. Yeah. Oh, look, there's the, uh, there's the picture with it called A Perfect Christmas. Yeah. That's weird. That is weird. I should uh, let people know that it is also under that title. Thank you for listening. As always, we're going to encourage you, our audience, to hit that subscribe button in Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts because we never want you to miss out on an episode. We are on Instagram and Twitter at Journey Into Film. And if you want to support the show, head over to patreon.com slash a journey into film or head over to Tee Public and check out some sweet merch. Links for those are available in the show notes. If you have any last minute Christmas shopping to do, highly recommend our Krampus t-shirt on Tee Public. Today is Krampus Knocked that we're recording this. So go check it out. Today is the day to celebrate Krampus. Uh, but you're probably listening to this like two weeks from now, so uh, you missed it. Uh, there's always next year. And uh, as always, never let anyone tell you that a film you enjoy is bad because they're probably wrong. Happy holidays. Happy holidays.